All right, this is the Willing to Go Ham podcast, quarantine edition. You guys already know what it is now. Look at you. You guys have nothing else better to do, so you might as well just turn on this podcast right now. So, um, one of the topics that I did want to discuss uh, that's uh, kind of been a downer this year was WrestleMania. I wanted to talk about WrestleMania, and I... All right, well, before I get into that, I do have a very, very special guest. Uh, This is uh, her first time on the show. Yes. Wasn't re- Yes, it has. I didn't even tell you to talk yet. <laughs> well, anyways, her first time on the show, and she, you know, she's more of a wrestling expert than myself. Um, so without further ado, this is the debut of my baby sister, Sydney. Hello, I am very, very glad to be on your podcast, finally. Finally? Oh, you, this is the first time you've asked me. Um, no, it has not. I've been... Okay. Let's just... Okay, let's talk about this. This has been the first time that you've asked. Okay. So, okay, so real quick. Uh, like I said, she's the wrest- She's the wrestling expert. Yes. You, you, you just wear that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, she's the wrestling expert. So, as you know, this quarantine and the coronavirus... Has been uh, it's been ruining a lot of things. I mean, Sydney, how do, how do you feel about watching the like wrestling without an audience? First off, you know, I would have never ever imagined this to happen, and especially it affecting WWE, and it's just a whole different feel whenever there's no audience to wrestling and watching Raw and SmackDown. Things are just. It's not the same. Does it seem a little lackluster? Does it look like... Is, is, it, is it... Now I understand the importance of fans. I think fans are important in the WWE universe. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you had to wrestle with no fans. Like, imagine that. It, it's kind of... It takes the, the galore out of it. And on top of all that, I feel like, you know... I mean, granted, you may disagree, but... When I watch wrestling, it was just... I mean, the, the crowd was everything. That's what got yeah. you invested. That's what got you into it. You you see you're seeing that now, so it's kind of hard to invest in it unless you're invested in the storylines. Even the storylines change now. I'm not as excited to watch a John Cena versus you know the the Fiend. I'm not as excited to watch Goldberg versus Roman Reigns without a crowd. And I, I think now, but but I'm I'm willing to bet though when everything goes back to normal, I think that you're, you're going to see a fan attendance spike. I think it's going to be. This is this quarantine thing is kind of a blessing in disguise. I kind of feel like, in a way, and I feel like with wrestling, it's going to affect wrestling in a positive way once everything goes once everything goes back to normal, right? I mean, I would say so, but I mean, just give your take on everything so far. Besides, I mean, yeah, I everything mean, else. I totally agree with you on that. Seeing the audience not there and also just being there in person, going to WWE shows. Things are definitely very, very different, and you just feel this energy with the crowd, and mm-hmm. you the energy is just completely gone. So, it, like watching wrestling, it's just not. It doesn't feel the same right now, and um, so WrestleMania. Were, were there any matches that you were looking forward to? Like, I mean, um, no, I just I was just looking forward to seeing storylines play out to WrestleMania, but it was just weird. For it to play out, but just not having the fans react to what's happening in the storylines. Okay. So. That, 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 that's fair enough. I, I think uh, it, it, it makes it, I don't know, it's kind of lifeless. It's lifeless. And yeah. 
obviously I'm a diehard Seth Rollins fan, mm-hmm. and uh, given that he's taken a, a, a back seat or a reduced role since he won a WrestleMania, and now he's become a messiah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think he needs to go back to having the blonde streak in his hair. Um, even the pro the, the promos kind of sort of just seem like. Yeah. They they just seem they're kind of off, you know. Like everything is just kind of off now, and you know. Hopefully, I'm wondering what they're doing. But do you think that the wrestlers are getting like rest? Do you think they're getting like rest, and it's not as like hectic? Like definitely, because WrestleMania, it's literally the biggest you know pay per view of the like the whole year, and it's where it's the pay per view where, where fans get involved, and they have WrestleMania access. They have all these meetings and stuff with fans and now they don't have that i think you know the superstars you know get to have a break and it's a lot more relaxing for them but at the same time there's no like hype to wrestlemania yeah well there they will be live streaming it i heard i heard that they will be live streaming it and i heard that they were gonna move it to i can't remember where they said they're gonna move it because they're in florida this year right yeah yeah, I heard they were going to try to move it, but now I mean, and they're they're doing their shows at like the WWE Talent Event Center, right? I mean, the performance center. The performance center. They're doing all that there, so it's it's with no crowd, you know, no gatherings of fifty fifty, or then now then I would say it's ten. So it's just weird because whenever the superstars are talking in the ring during one of their promos, it's literally like they're just talking. Kind of to the commentators, because the commentators are like the only people out there. Yeah, commentating is kind of weird too. Um, I I was it was slightly comedic to me, but the fact that you have Stone Cold Steve Austin in an empty arena, like in just an empty yeah. event center, and he stuns Byron Saxon, and like you could just tell like it, it's their job to do that, like they get paid to do it. But you can tell it pains a lot of these guys. Like Jeff Hardy made it, I mean, he made his, he debuted again for the umpteenth time. And like, it came to an empty arena, you know? Same, and with, same with Edge. Same, and, I mean, well, Edge, but Edge came back with the crowd, though. Oh, I'm talking about when he finally came back after Randy Orton put him out. No, he came back, he came back uh, when he speared MVP, remember? That remember so remember when he when he came back he the crowd was there the crowd was there yeah he oh, speared MVP okay. and then he beat up Randy Orton and Randy Orton ran away oh okay okay and yeah. then that's when he challenged him to a match at WrestleMania but still it's it's they're taking away everything I mean that not just wrestling they're taking away football I mean not football basketball's done with now all these you know you would you be surprised do you think anybody in the WWE has the coronavirus. And that is a word from our sponsor. I uh, love it when they call in the middle of my podcasts, just so that way I can insert this here. So you guys heard that. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, adhere to it. Thank you, Anchor, for your sponsorship. Sid, let's get into what you re- what you really wanted to talk about. Okay, so I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but Sasha Banks um, has kind of been losing her character in the WWE. I'm not saying... She's not the boss anymore, anything like that. But she's being used as Bailey's manager, and it's kind of pushing her back in the women's division, and it's not getting her anywhere. And it feels like at no point she's not going to get any woman's title opportunity ever. Do you and think is she hurt? No, 
I think ever since she came back from, you know, her depression and, you know, just not being, not feeling the same as she was in the WWE, when she came back, things just, I know WWE gave her that heel role, but it's not really working out as the way fans wanted it to be. Because back in NXT, Sasha Banks was the baddest superstar in that women's division. Um, she had one of the best heel roles I've ever seen. And now when they want to put it on her, it's like she's kind of not putting it out there as she used to like love in NXT. Well, I heard there was a rumor that she was trying to get by herself out of her contract, and Vince McMahon didn't want that to happen because apparently she was going to go to AEW. Is what I heard. I mean, that could be possible. And, you know, I think bringing her back now, given that she's been missing some shows, she kind of sort of messed up the whole plot line for what they had going for her. And I'm sure this is Vince McMahon's way of punishing her. I mean, Vince McMahon, every wrestler, I mean, whether it be backstage or be in the storyline, Vince McMahon has the last say in everything. He He's a part of the creative, he is the creative team. He doesn't really give wrestlers an opportunity to be themselves. So I would imagine that this is some sort of a way, because imagine you're put in the spotlight. Then you put the company's storylines in jeopardy. You put money in jeopardy. You know, they're looking for you to sell merchandise and you're not there to sell it. So this is kind of sort of a way for her to, I guess, be in their, get back in their good graces and kind of sort of take it for what it is and take a backseat role to Bailey, who has been reliable who has been uh, working as a heel. I think that her turning heel happened at the... It happened a little too late. But I think that with her, she's a draw. They cut her hair. I think she looks more attractive with that hair than she does with when she hmm. was hugging uh, wacky inflatable tube men or whatever that was. So I think that her reduced role isn't... Her losing esteem is, is its own purpose. But if Vince McMahon wants to vamp it up, he can do that. But I think right now, this is a way of punishing her. And this has been going on for almost about a year and a half now. So maybe she's got to earn her stripes back. You know, maybe, you know, for her to get on IG and, you know, post on IG but not show up to work, that kind of rubs people the wrong way. And then imagine if you're the top superstar in the women's division. Vince McMahon is giving giving you all this appraise and all this acclaim just in the terms of psychology. You're getting all this, these terms and uh, appraise, and it's like, okay, we're now you. We can rely on you. We can't rely on Sasha anymore. Well, then, how's that? That's gonna look bad on her part from the locker room standpoint. I'm not saying this is what's going on, but I would imagine that backstage, that's there's a lot of talk of that going on. Yeah. And then if she gets opportunities that other people don't, who who have been there, that's gonna rub them the wrong way too. So I think her contract is up in like two years, right? Right. So she's probably gonna. I, I'm pretty sure she'll leave. And at that point, with the way AEW is going right now, they kind of have a lot. They have a lot of hit or miss shows, but they're starting off. I'm willing to bet AEW is gonna it, at some point they're gonna collab. Mm-hmm. AEW and WWE will collab, and they're gonna have an awesome show together. But we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, I, I do think that Sasha Banks has taken a subservient role to Bailey. I think she's always been the bigger star than Bailey. Yes, always has been the bigger star. So. Yeah, And it's just hard because, you know, like you said, Sasha's always been the biggest star. and Bigger. She's been the bigger star. Being the bigger star. I would say so, but go ahead. Um, 
It's just seeing Sasha go from the top of the women's division, main eventing with Charlotte Flair on Raw, going back and forth with Charlotte, you know, Hell in a Cell matches, doing Iron Man Man Woman matches with Bayley, you know, making history at WrestleMania, you know, seeing that and then her leaving, losing the woman tag titles. And then her leaving and then, you know, just seeing her come back and losing her role as, you know, being the bigger star to just, you know, being Bailey's manager and not getting the opportunities that I think she deserves. And also seeing Becky for a year now just getting multiple, multiple, multiple pushes and being on the cover of 2K20 you know, you know, on the cover of cereal boxes, like it's just hard to see Sasha, you know, being pushed aside when you know that she can be just as big as Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is overrated. Like I'm sorry. Like she's yeah. overrated. I don't she does nothing spectacular. She doesn't have spectacular mic skills. If anything, I think she's they they they've taken Stone Cold Steve Austin, copied and pasted it, and then put that at it for her character. I like Becky Lynch before she became this. Like, before she became the man. They gave Becky a role that anybody could honestly pull off. Well, the, I mean, you in the era of female empowerment now, it's lucrative to push Becky Lynch as this badass who can, she, who can beat up men and she can... When no one, she couldn't do that in real life. But she's even overshadowed um, Seth Rollins. She's a bigger star than Seth Rollins now. And... They're pushing her like she's driving a semi truck and everything. I look at her and it's like everything that Stone Cold did. Stone Cold did, like she's doing it now. It's, except it's just twisted with the woman. I wouldn't be surprised if they give her a giant beer truck or a milk truck and she's gonna hose somebody down. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, she's drinking beers in the ring. And granted, I like Becky Lynch. I like her talent. Like she's got talent. She does. But she doesn't have her own persona. Like she's taking on the Austin three sixteen role in this era which i think should be you know heralded by men that that's just what i believe men aren't being pushed to be bigger stars but becky lynch has pretty much free reign to do whatever and then when she beats her opponents she dominates them for the most part she dominates them she'll have one leg torn acl and she's still wrestling or she'll be in the hospital or she'll get her ear bitten off broken nose broken nose and she's and and that and you know what we were there for that show it was real the well, well, I mean, yeah, it was real, but we were there for that show, and that's when everything took a took a toll. That's when everything took a turn mm. with her character, because she wasn't this badass. I, I miss it when she had the goggles. I miss it when she had the goofy when she used to run to the ring like a goofball. Like that was cool, but I think then she had that heel turn, and then yeah. she kind of became an anti-hero. Then she became like a badass babyface. And yeah, I'm just I, I I don't look at her as if she's like a main draw to something. I I just don't. You're right, but one thing I did notice is WWE. They one superstar that they have always you know kept her role constant, her character constant is Charlotte Flair, and I guess they take Becky and Sasha and Bailey. And make them be the ones that always have to bow down to Charlotte and 
that's that's how they kind of got Becky started was turning her heel and finally standing up to Charlotte Flair and I'm kind of I'm just glad that happened because you know not everybody likes to see Charlotte Flair get all the spotlight and overshadow the four horse woman well but you always have to have that mega star I, I think oh go ahead go ahead well yeah you're right you have, you have to have that mega star um I do respect Charlotte a lot she has done so much for She's made so much history. She's done so much for the women's division to the point where what else is there to do with them? To be the greatest woman of all time. Yeah, but like as a women's division, like as a whole, they've had their own pay-per-view. Like what else is there to do with them? Like they've had everything. I feel like WWE doesn't know what to do with them. Well, no, because the creative team, it's just not, it's not, what it used to be. I mean, that's that's just it. They're kind of just throwing something at the wall, hoping it sticks. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But that that's, brings me to this is wrestling nowadays. I mean, you could just tell, you could look at, you could ask your dad. Wrestling nowadays doesn't hold a candlelight to the ruthless aggression era. Now, women were a little more suppressed back then. I think that women never really had main event matches. Women were objectified in a much different light, sometimes inappropriately. But I will say that women re- women's wrestling has grown, but I think the product, but it's growing. But now the product of wrestling itself now is stale. The promos are scripted now. You know, you could watch and, 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 and like I said, in the women that like they have more um, empower, they're empowered more to do more. And then I I love that. I love that. I like the what the women's wrestling is now versus what it was back then, where they were just props. Just good looking. They were just models, but they had no ring skills. Very little ring skills. Didn't really take a lot of bumps. But now pretty much every woman that's on the roster, maybe even Stephanie McMahon, they all take bumps. They all have matches. But the product is just recycled and regurgitated. Back then, you'd have, I mean, just dominant wrestlers. And you had dominant wrestlers in all um, in all cards. The main eventers. The mid, the upper mid card, lower mid card, the you know the third string guys. You had everybody had their own storyline, and they just cranked out talent, cranked out talent, and continued to do so. Now it's like they're using the same talent. They're using well, not the, well, not even the same talent, but you have guys like a Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, his debut was like, oh, this is awesome, but now he's out. Uh, AJ Styles. Who he's still with the WWE, obviously, but he didn't come from NXT. I, I think they just need to retool and take this time to really retool, reboot, and really rethink, and just rewatch everything that they did. Hell, they could even take some of their old the guys that they hired in the past. If Vince McMahon can get over himself, take some of the talent that you had back then. Like you have a podcast has been hijacked by a dog. Um. You could take some of your, some of the old some of the guys who you have uh, had maybe issues with back then. Bring them back. You can't bring Jr. back. It's over now. But I mean, bring back your Jim Cornettes. Bring back. Um, you know, you can bring back guys like that who who are a part of the talent. Because for a while, like wrestling, the the peak years for wrestling, I felt like were from the '90s up until like maybe 2000, 2005. I feel like those were like the golden era, and then that was like at the at the pinnacle. And then everybody, every everybody who hit at that time, 
it was their time. Like it, it, it wasn't like they were forced down our throats like a John Cena. When John Cena's time, when he finally got his time to shine, it happened at the right time because it was time. You know, when, you know, Lita, when she won her championship, it happened. Everything happened at the right time. When The Rock won the championship, it happened at the right time. When it went back to Triple H, it happened at the right time. And because in, in the dynamics of heels and faces, it was it was indistinguishable. Like you could tell who was the heel, who was the face. Back then, heels weren't really cheered. Now heels are cheered, cheered, and the baby faces are booed. Or yeah, yeah, that's which is strange. But it's just a product, and it's recycled over and over and over again. I was just watching an episode of something, I think SmackDown, and I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, SmackDown was live, and The Rock, of course, The Rock The Rock has the best mic skills of all time. All time. And that was back when you could, like, publicly bury, like, your opponent. Like, he was, he killed Triple H in promos every time. He killed DX every, DX, D-Generation X. This is back when they had Road Dogg, uh, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, Triple H. Mm, they had th- those guys. And he buried all four of them. With Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon <laughs> and Tori. And, but now you don't have that now. Nobody has those kind, of, those kind of mic skills anymore. So that's why I stopped watching it. So I mean, I'm glad that you, or I don't watch it as much, but I'm glad that you keep up with everything, right? I mean, um, you, you're subscribed. Mom lets you subscribe to WWE Network. I think I'm attached to it because... When I first started watching wrestling, I didn't get to see, you know, the real era of wrestling like you've been talking about. And what I mainly got to see play out was, you know, the Divas Division turning into Women's Division. And now I guess I don't get to see, like, the whole, the whole, you know, I don't know. It's just... Now, you, now that you kind of, you know, said all that, it's really kind of just disappointing and sad. Well, it's not disappointing and sad because you, you've you grown up watching what you've watched and this is your product. But when you go back and like, you watch it, you look at the crowd interaction. You look at how the crowd kind of sort of just, they're into it. And like you kind of, you wanted to know what was going to happen. I remember there was an episode where, um, oh man, just let me think. There was an episode where, okay, so The Rock, like, week in and week out, every Monday, every Monday Night Raw, the or SmackDown, but this one was on Raw, every Monday, The Rock was always getting messed with, and that's another thing, you could have your main, your main guy, your, your, your main, or your main girl, most of the time, but like, again, back then in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, women weren't really, like, a, they didn't really have a storyline. Wasn't it only Trish and Leah that had the biggest storyline for the woman? Mm, well, they were the ones that were given the power to like talk. Main event? Well, not main event, but like they could talk. Like they were actually like Trish and Lita were like the first like actual wrestlers because back then you had you had Trish, you had Lita, Did you had China? you had Tori, you had you had China, yeah. and China would have been a, equivalent to like a Becky Lynch. Oh, she she yeah. but except without the mic skills, but you had those four. Then you had Tori. Then you had uh, Jacqueline. Stacy. So no, Stacy Cuba didn't get there until like maybe like two thousand four. Oh. She she really wasn't like a 
in there. And she, and, and she what matter of fact, she was, but she wasn't like a wrestler. Like I'm talking, these are women like the first like actual wrestlers who were like, um, who were in like the ring and they would fight each other. But Lita was like the first like high flyer. Trish was like mm-hmm. Trish would have been equivalent to like um she would have been that era's Charlotte Flair. Yep. Lita would have been this era's maybe Sasha Banks. Yeah, Sasha. China would have would have been equivalent to, as far as dominance, ring dominance versus other women. She would have been the Becky Lynch. And Bailey would have been like I don't know, not I can't say Stacy Keeler, but just Somebody, somewhere along those lines, like, but you had women who I don't know. They, they, were, and it was just, it was the, the product was just pure. It was pure, and now it's not. So one of the coolest matches I did see was, um, I think it was Christian and Chris Jericho versus Lita and Trish. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they did have a storyline with that, but I saw that match and I was like, oh my god. Wait, it was boys versus girls? Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, that match was... I am I was just completely speechless with that match. I think that was one of the coolest matches I ever got to see was that. Because, you know... I mean... You know, I just... I'm, I'm so glad they took Trish and Lita and gave them an opportunity to get on the mic, speak, you know, have matches that are still people still talk about them you know and the woman now still referred to them and it's just I think without them things would just be completely different with the women's division now they might have I mean I don't I really I don't really know it's just a so many things have happened, and I'm just... <sighs> it's just crazy how things changed. Yeah, yeah, things have changed. Oh, yeah, this is what I meant to talk about. <clears throat> so, this episode of Raw, The Rock was feuding with DX. For some reason, Stone Cold Steve Austin was out. I don't remember why he was out, but he was out. So, the whole time, The Rock was setting up traps for them... To, I guess, like, he, uh, The Rock just, like, planted things all over the place. So, but he kept he kept saying that Austin's going to be here tonight. So, DX was like, yeah, whatever. Like, we're, you know, we're going to get to you before that happens. Well, they never got to The Rock. But, um, until, like, the very end. But throughout the whole episode, The Rock was, like, putting up traps. And there was a dude who was in the stall. They beat up. Him, it was a Stone Cold lookalike. It wasn't Stone Cold. Well, yeah, we have to cut this short. Anyways, peace.